This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and if you will give me this moment, just just a moment. Thank you. That moment of silence was for the Minnesota Vikings being the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I tell you that I'm irrational when it comes to sports, and I have this 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 ingrained pessimism when it comes to the football team that plays here in Minnesota, the professional football team. I just, I, I over the past few years, I have trained myself to never get hopeful that they'll win. I mean, not not any more than cautiously hopeful. Uh, I, I, I take it as uh, a given that they're going to lose each game whenever they get into the playoffs. I just You're going to lose this game. I do that, well, the preseason, I don't care. Regular season, I do it. But, you know, do the, well, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. Yeah, they, they can be up 30 to nothing with three seconds left in the game, and I'll be saying, oh, they'll still find a way to lose. You know, obviously, I don't believe that, but I'll still say it because, well, it's part of my dad humor. But, uh, but when they in the in the postseason, you just it's just it's hard to describe the futility <laughs> of being a, a fan of this team. Uh, it doesn't matter what the team is. I mean, if it's the 1977 team that lost that Super Bowl, it doesn't matter that it's a completely different team now than then. It's a completely different team. I mean, different coaching staff, different head coach, different owners, uh, you know, and and different players certainly from that '77 team. Most everything is different from this team and the one in 1998, from the, you know, the that that had that great season and ended up losing the NFC Championship game. It's just and and in 2009, same thing. It just it, it it's just astounding. It's astounding. They have now, the Vikings have, been to six NFC Championship games since they were last in the Super Bowl, which was 1977, and they've lost every one of these national uh, football conference championship games. You know, the week before, last week, I was talking about the Minneapolis Miracle and about how Finally, the Vikings snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> Usually, it's the other way around. 
uh, they finally, the break went their way. Talked about that last week. But I think I refrained, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I refrained from saying, this, this means there's hope. Because I just never have hope. And I figured, well, they'll lose to the Eagles. And boy, did they lose to the Eagles. Oh, man. The game started out promising enough. The Vikings scored on their first possession right off the bat. I mean, they looked pretty dang good. Then the defense stopped uh, the Eagles from doing much with the ball, so the offense got the ball back again where they were moving. But then an interception thrown by uh, Case Keenum, our quarterback, uh, that was returned for a touchdown, tied the game. Uh, Eagles scored another touchdown. They were up 14-7. to It's not still not out of reach. They can get things together. Come on. And the Vikings were moving the ball one more time. And they were within they were they were in field goal range. And so they you know, if all else failed, they could at least attempt a field goal, and if they got it, they would just be down by four points. It'd be fourteen to ten. So it's that's still manageable. But then Keenum fumbled the ball and the Eagles dropped on it and from that point on the wheels were off the defense looked like shit <laughs> it just did and the defense was what got us there yeah it's this was what was different about this team than other teams in the past we've had powerhouse offenses with good enough defenses and now we had a powerhouse uh, defense with a good enough offense but still the vikings remain the vikings and it ends the way I, it just just ends the way it should. They just yet again don't make it into the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but I don't know if this is a phrase peculiar to our family. But uh, I did call my dad shortly after the game, and I said to him, "Well, how about those Vikings?" And the first words out of his mouth, or his response to that question, was, "Well, at least they won't lose the Super Bowl." And that's something I've been saying for years. Uh, anytime they lose in the playoffs, I just say, well, at least they won't lose the Super Bowl. Oh, well, what are you going to do? All right, I promise I won't go through any of it anymore. We'll just, you know, football's almost over. It's got the Pro Bowl, but who cares about that? And then the Super Bowl, and I'm not sure who I'm going to root for in that one. Uh, I'm not sure. And... You know, then football's over for a few months, and the real game is coming, the the, the real one, which is baseball. Uh, pitchers and uh, catchers report in a couple of weeks to spring training. We can finally turn our attentions to the greatest game ever created by human beings. Uh, of course, it's baseball. Ah, uh, baseball. Which I don't expect the Twins to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything they 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 seem to be getting better, which is good, but uh, we'll see. Okay, as if to rub salt in the freshly opened wound <laughs> for the uh, for Minnesotans, at least those who live in central Minnesota and southern Minnesota, uh, Mother Nature decided to dump a big old snowstorm on us on Monday, the day after the big defeat. Uh, and it's, it's like, oh, great. Not only can, do we not have a, anything to look forward to in a couple of weeks with the Super Bowl, which is going to be here. It's going to be in Minneapolis, and we're going to have a bunch of Eagles fans and Patriots fans coming, and then all sorts of rich people that just go to, just go to uh, Super Bowls because they're rich and they can. 
and 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 so uh, we got dumped on. Now the weather people they were saying, "Hey, snow's coming. Snow's coming." Uh, Further south of the Twin Cities, it looks like it's going to be pretty significant snow. The Twin Cities, as they were getting closer to the storm, like the night before, they're saying, oh, there's this, the band is going to be, you know, the northern part of the, of the metro uh, area will probably see just about an inch of snow. Maybe that's it. And then, then it's a real quick jump up from there uh, to a foot of snow or more. It just depends on how that storm tracks. And the neighborhood that I'm in... They were predicting three to six inches. Well, we've got the foot. <laughs> Hit the track just a little bit north, and we got the foot of snow. And uh, yeah, it was so that means for me, in a big snowfall like that, that means about three days worth of shoveling because I got to do my stuff, and I got to help my dad do his, and then I got to plow a shovel off with the plow left behind, and then. Uh, I have to shovel at the at the office when the plow that does our lot uh, it clears it out finally it didn't clear it out the day after the storm it took uh, it took till it was like Tuesday was the day after the storm it was, lot wasn't plowed until Tuesday night so the next morning when we came in it was plowed but we have a company van that sits outside and it sits alongside the building so there's a big pile of snow behind the van and in front of the van and I had to shovel that away so you know it just gets a little tiring and and I had happened with my snowblower something that happened when at the time when it happened just this recent one uh, I thought it was only just maybe three or four years ago it turns out it was about seven years ago and because that was the last time we had a big snowfall like we just just got on Monday and that's you know there's a couple of cables you know you put one handle down that runs the auger that throws the snow and the other handle you put that down and it rolls the wheels so that you can move the thing along well the cable that connects the handle to the mechanism that, that the cable pulls to make the wheels go around that snapped on me i was not quite halfway through and it snapped and i thought great just great <laughs> so i had to finish up shoveling the next day i bought two cables and uh and so so we're covered there so it's just uh yeah but and it's weird how this week has been going because all that snow comes through and it takes a while for the city to get us plowed out and then today which is friday as i record this the temperature is up in the 40s so there's melting going on all over the place it's 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 just weird it's just weird how this weather goes and then i'm hearing that coming toward the end of next week the temperatures are going to go drop pretty significantly and there might be a, another decent snowfall coming in so maybe that'll mess up the super bowl huh wouldn't that be great okay uh my friend saw something interesting i wish he would have gotten a picture of it um maybe we'll see if he can get one and i'll post it if, if we can i'll i'll try to remember and uh and uh, post it onto the show notes page which you can get to by going to uh, dimland.com and clicking on the blog option uh the dimland.com is a little messed up right now so uh, you can go to dim uh, dimland.blogspot.com and get to the show notes and that goes directly there but i usually like to direct people to my to my website dimland.com because it, it not only does it have the blog option but it also has my portfolio of some artwork that i've done which i really need to put new stuff up there but i really need to produce new stuff i haven't done so in a while uh and then it has uh, the cafe press place where you can get some of my artwork on various 
objects, and I get a couple pennies for for that as well. So you know, check it out. You know, just just go. But hopefully the website will be up and running again. GoDaddy messed something up. We we're we're trying not to be cynical. But my wife calls me at work and tells me, you know, she calls she calls GoDaddy and she says uh, she's or she's chatting with them, doing online chatting with their tech support, and the 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 the, the, the tech support person is saying, you know, you could sign up for this and you can save some money. Well, what they want you to do is pay up front, and you will save a fair amount of money, uh, like you know, as you know, like three bucks a month, you'll save. From paying a monthly thing, so that works out to thirty-six bucks a year. But I said, but to Amy, I says, yeah, I understand that. But the thing is, having the upfront money, <laughs> it's not as easy. So, I mean, if we could pay off our our auto insurance in one shot at the beginning, we would save in the long run. But it's just it's just a big amount of money right away. And and although the the internet isn't going to be as big amount as the car insurance, still it's a big chunk of money to get right away so all right well she just said i don't know i feel a little cynical here but it seems like like they take down our website or they have something go wrong with it so we contact them so they can give us the pitch to get some other kind of thing set up i don't know do you think that might be it i try not to be cynical but you never know but anyway so this friend of mine saw uh he was uh, driving around the twin Cities somewhere and uh, he saw uh, uh, pass by what would be considered a, I suppose, a healing center. Healing. You know, not a medical clinic, but a healing center. But, you know, the medical clinics, the one I go to, I go to Health Partners, uh, you know, they've, they got some of the non-science-based medicines creeping into their, their offers. You know, they have a chiropractic on, on site. I think I told you about the time I was having a physical and I have lower back problems. I have some arthritis in my lower back and that's when I found out that I have some arthritis in my lower back. And the doctor was asking me, well, uh, we have a chiropractor on staff. Would you, you know, he was going to say, would you maybe want to, you know, set up an appointment with them? <laughs> that's what he was going to say. But before he could get it out, the words out, I said, no. And he looked, you don't, I said, no. <laughs> he said, okay, would you do physical therapy? And I said, well, I'll try it. I'll try that, but <clears throat> anyway, and 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 some years ago when I was getting mol my molars pulled, not that long ago, but I walked into the place where they do that, and it's also part of Health Partners. And down one hall, up above the door, uh, the 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 entry to that hallway, up above on the wall, it says uh, acupuncture and chiropractic. I said, "Ooh, the woo wing." I know I, I try not to use the word "woo" on this show very often. I don't, out of deference to the Z Talk philosophy, but that's what I said. The woo wing, um, but you know, because it's just it's not science based medicine. What the hell is that doing there? Why is our insurance company legitimizing this and 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 taking financial resources away from actual science-based medicine and putting it toward this bullshit. Really upset me. My wife was trying to calm me down. Calm down, honey. <laughs> You're going to get your tooth pulled. Don't worry about that. So it's, it is creeping in to these things, and it's very disturbing to see this happen. Uh, I have heard one possible uh, um, uh, ray of hope when it comes to the chiropractic type stuff that 
what 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 some skeptics are hoping that when they're bringing in, in into a science-based environment of medicine that the there is some benefit to some chiropractic spine manipulation and it's lower spine uh, that helps with some forms of pain that you get in the lower back. It's it's not it's pretty limited, but the idea is if they can start to really push it toward it's a it's more like a physical therapy and get away from the snapping spine or snapping the neck. You don't want to be dealing with that, and certainly don't be cracking kids, you know, especially babies. Get rid of that and get rid of all this. This mumbo jumbo about how it's you know it's life energy and chi flow and all that kind of stuff because they'll some of the chiropractors will have that kind of that kind of patter to uh, what they offer uh, so maybe at some point down the road chiropractic will be absorbed within science medicine and that which actually does sort of seem to have some benefit within chiropractic will be what is used and all the rest of the stuff will get pushed out acupuncture there ain't shit to acupuncture there ain't there ain't nothing to it nothing every study done checking it against faux acupuncture and real acupuncture shows that there's no goddamn difference whether they put the needles in or whether they don't put the needles in where they put the needles you know how deep they put the needles or what it's whatever they do there's no freaking difference so acupuncture is just silly and then you're and you're risking infection because your body you're being punctured. I was just talking with uh, Amy, my wife. We were just talking about uh, something she learned. On the, I think there's a podcast called Ologies. I think that's the one. But uh, but she was telling me about you know to give some medical information and in that she says that there's a difference between dog bites and cat bites. Uh, most often, when somebody gets bit by a dog, you know, and it's serious enough, uh, they do end up in the ER. But if they get bit by a cat, they don't. They generally don't because the bite is a little. It's different. When a dog bites, they tear, and that's oh, that seems more dramatic. When a when a cat bites, they puncture. Uh, it's just the difference in their their the way their teeth are and the way their bite is and so when they puncture they just they push in that tooth it's just like a needle going in and the, they've got bacteria in their mouths they've got the stuff germs and all that and that gets into that that puncture and you can get an infection from a cat whereas a dog you know your 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 bite that is torn at least it's it's open to air you know it's, it's it doesn't it, it, the you can clean it a little bit, but the puncture wound from from a cat, the stuff gets kind of injected into you, so it's harder to clean it out. So you, it's more prone to um, to infection on that. I saw something on the news where a guy was talking about that and showing that deal. Um, so you know, it's just interesting how that works. So if you're getting acupuncture, you got this little needle going into you. If that needle isn't clean properly, well, it's a puncture. They could be injecting, you know, some bacteria into you or some germs of some sort, and you can get an infection. It could be, could be, you know, that's one of the things that could happen. So, yeah, it's and besides, like I said, there's nothing to it. It's just complete bullshit. Just absolutely, uh, it's not even ancient. It's it's much. It's far more recent. Uh, I should do a deeper dig into acupuncture uh, to give you some better information. But uh, just going off what I've learned off the top of my head about this stuff. But before I get on to what my friend saw. Uh, at at the healing center, I do need to take my first break. I got to my first break already. Let me look at my timing. Uh, yes, yes, it's right there. It says it right there. 
take my break at this point. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I am your host, uh, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return shortly. You just sit tight. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov pertussis pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Did you hear the Kawabunga right there at the end? Uh, that bumper there is a song called Surfers Are Back, and it's by a band called the Barracudas. And it sounds real 60s. Sounds like 60s surfer music, right? Well, it ain't. It's 80s surfer music. Uh, some guys that were into uh, 60s uh, garage and surf music um, from a couple of... Uh, punkish bands or post-punk bands, whatever, got together and formed this band called the Barracudas. And uh, they do a bunch of, uh, they did a bunch of, uh, of um, um, you know, surfer revival type music, uh, garage, 60s garage music kind of stuff. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, and they said Kawabunga uh, before uh, uh, Bart Simpson said it. <laughs> but Kawabunga was around before the Barracudas. So, anyway. What was I talking about? Oh, right. That healing center. Uh, and again, I'm going to see if, uh, if I can get my friend to uh, get a picture of it so I can post it. Um, and, and if we do get a picture of it, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you guys uh, whenever it happens. It might not happen for a bit. But uh, if we do get a picture of it, we'll post it. 
and hopefully his his telling me this information is correct and uh, that he saw it correctly and read it correctly I, I I don't doubt him but you know memory is a tricky thing so let's see um, he's driving by this healing center and in the window are the words uh, let's see I, I gotta make sure I get them in the right order <clears throat> Uh, it was the words acupuncture, herbs, or herbs, medicine, miracles. Huh? Huh? <laughs> miracles. <laughs> so, uh, my friend uh, Dave. Dave and I <laughs> were chuckling about this. <laughs> we thought we were just running through this this scenario of of walking in there and saying, "Yeah, I see you. You're getting the, see your window there. You got the you got the acupuncture, the herbs, and the medicine. But miracles. Can we can we skip the first three and get right to the miracle? Uh, you know, because really we don't. If you can do the miracle thing, do you really need the other things? Uh, I mean, I don't know, is that part of the miracle or something? But, you know, and just, what is the the range of the miracle? <laughs> yes, it's like, how big of a miracle can you perform? Uh, can you, you know, cure my cancer? Which is a disease that would go into remission on its own. And a lot of times people think that that means that uh, some miracle cure did happen. But actually, the disease just kind of worked itself out because cancer does that. Or uh, can you... Uh, can you grow back a missing limb? Can you, you know, can you cure my, can you create a miracle and cure my blindness? <laughs> you know, I have a son who has, uh, uh, he was Down syndrome. Can you, can you fix that with that miracle? You ever noticed that about, about miracle cures? You ever noticed that about these things? It's never... Uh, it's never that kind of a, of, a, of an illness. It's never or or um, a syndrome or affliction or something that somebody's got. It's like uh, uh, they they never grow back limbs. You know, God's never done that. You know, pray, let's pray, let's pray. You know, this is you know. Oh, sure, he brought Jesus brought eyesight to the blind. Right. You know, the one dude had a job as a as a as a as an as a leper. You know, he could beg people. For, for stuff, and then Jesus comes along and cures him, and now he's an ex-leper. He's out of a job, so he has to try and get people to give him money, you know, as an ex-leper. I'm doing a Monty Python reference there, in case you didn't know. But, you know, that's in the Bible, and that's a long time ago, and, and yeah, come on. Do you really believe that stuff happened? Really? I mean, it you know, this miracle, you know, could this place, I mean, I've got to, you know, you know, my, my 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 kid died. Can you bring my kid back? Can you perform the miracle? Can you bring somebody back from the dead? It's and the, and and so the miracle cures. It's never it's it's cancer. You know it's it's the cancer. Usually it's it's, it's that. It's a it's a disease that on its own can go into remission, and has been known to do so. Uh, it's a disease that, you know, or people forget that, you know, while they're having the miracle done, they're actually getting some science-based medicine. And the science-based medicine does the work, but people say it was the prayer. They say it was the miracle, whatever that was. They give the responsibility of that, and they forget about the fact that, well, you know, I was getting some actual treatment. You know, it's just, you know, some, some crystal healer uh, says, well, you know, 
in addition, that's the, that's the problem with this complementary medicine. So not only do you have this 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 non-science-based medicine creeping into actual medicine, uh, into the actual science-based medicine world, um, you've got this complementary stuff. So so okay, yeah, you go ahead and you do what the science-based medicine gives you. You know, you take the medications they take, or the, you have the procedures done that they recommend that you do, or you do you know whatever you do there. You do that, but at the same time, put this crystal up your ass. Yeah, and so okay, people do that, and then their cancer goes into remission, and they say, "Oh, you see, it was the crystal that did it." They can they can piggyback on the success of the actual scientific, you know, the science-based medicine. They can piggyback on that, uh, and and claim that yeah, well, yeah, the the science-based medicine didn't hurt, but uh, it was the crystal up your ass. I don't know if there's anybody that tells you to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gwyneth Paltrow did. <laughs> uh, she's putting things up every orifice she's got, it seems, or at least suggesting that people do, and it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's not a good idea to put jade stones in your in your hoo-ha. Not a good idea. Uh, anyway, so it'd be interesting to understand, you know, I mean, why if they can perform miracles... Why put the other stuff in the window? In fact, you just put miracles. Hey, we got, we got miracles here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, if I can get a picture of it, I will. I'll put it up on the show notes when I can, and we'll we'll take a look at it and laugh at it. Huh. Okay, I do have another Dimland Radio Science Hero. Um, this is... It's a, it, I was introduced to this show... Uh, back in the 90s by my friend Dave who saw this in the window he uh, he it was a it was a sketch comedy program that was on HBO back in those days and it was called Mr. Show with Bob and David it's Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and I think it's hilarious and most of the episodes are on YouTube I, you know so if you feel comfortable with watching stuff on YouTube and thinking I don't know are people getting you know, is this pirating? They haven't been taken down, but you know, YouTube might take them down. I don't know. I don't know what this is, the deal is, but I've been I've been watching them uh, quite frequently. Uh, and I explained to my wife a while ago. I, you know, she asked me why I didn't watch some other show. You know, that she'd been recommending I watch like Black Mirror. Why haven't you been watching Black Mirror or The Ozarks? Or, why have you been watching that? I said, well. Instead, you're watching Mr. Show. And I said, well, when, I'm, when I put on Mr. Show or if I put on Star Trek The Next Generation, it's because I'm expecting to fall asleep while watching it. And I don't want, you know, I, I won't care because I know those shows back and forth. So falling asleep during them doesn't bother me because it's later at night and I'm just kind of winding down the day. And it, that's, it doesn't bother me if I fall asleep during them. I'm not going to miss something. But if it's a show that I don't know, I want to make sure that I'm going to be awake and I'm not, you know, so it just it depends. And I, I've been putting Mr. Show on and watching it. And uh, before I get to the reason why they're a science hero, there's something I've noticed. Because it was in the mid-90s that this thing was on, there's some moments that I wonder if, uh, w if they would pass muster today in the sensitive to uh, social issues I wonder if they would pass Mr. Today. Even though the Mr. Show people would be allies to the social justice idea, they would certainly be 
on that, but um, I have a feeling you know, they'd look at it. I've been seeing stuff about the the Friends TV show. Remember Friends? And saying that uh, I, I don't know how legit it is, but I've seen the headlines saying that millennials are looking at uh, at uh, Friends and they're seeing it as being uh, homophobic and transphobic and and all these bad things about it. And it's it's you know how dare we have thought that show was so good or something or how was it so popular? I you know I watched it when it first was on. Uh, I don't know if I watched it from the very beginning, but I was watching it the first season or two, and then I kind of drifted away from it. And it was on for a while, and then I met my wife, and she was watching the show, so I started watching it again. And she would tell me to inform me what was going on, and then we'd watch the uh, the uh, the syndication syndicated shows so that we I could catch up on the ones I missed. But uh, I don't know. It was all right. It was okay. Uh, I never particularly cared the way they portrayed Ross, especially they started turning him into a even more cartoonish as it went along, and that's that's something that happens in long-running shows with characters that the characters become more caricature than than they start. It's just it's just there's just something about it. It doesn't you know especially comedies you know. So anyway, um, I wonder if Mr. Show would have that same fate, uh, that same reaction to millennials taking a look at it, because the characters do. Uh, there's an occasion where they play. Um, uh, Bob Odenkirk and one of the uh, one of the women that was on the show was uh, Jill. Oh, I forget her last name. Um, she, you know, one of the regular character uh, actors on the sh- on the series. They play uh, parents of uh, of uh, somebody, th- and they are they they have mental retardation. Uh, not sure which, and so they're playing the characters with that. They're not. I, I think they're sensitive in their portrayal of it, but I have a feeling that the more sensitive feelings of today, uh, sensibilities of today, would look at that and say, how dare they? And then there's a couple times where there's brown face, um, where um, uh, that Jill and, and Bob Odenkirk again, not together, but in two separate uh, sketches, uh, they both play people of Indian descent, you know, like uh, India, India. Indian, you know what I mean. Um, so they get their faces made a little bit brown. Uh, David Cross will play um, characters that are African American-ish, uh, maybe not necessarily, but kind of in, the, in those those veins or, or that in that vein uh, or or that 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 I'm not, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for. Uh, it might be, you know, um, a character that might be white. But has uh, uh, culturally appropriated uh, some aspect of it, and you might see that. You will see that in the clip that uh, that I saw that convinced me to to declare uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David a uh, Dimland Radio Science hero. And uh, it's a sketch that they did, and it's called the uh, Psychic Emergency Hotline. What they their brilliant idea was, uh, you know, you have the emergency line, you know, nine one one or whatever you call for help. There's you've had you've been in an accident or something terrible has happened. You call nine one one. Well, instead, in here you call the emer- the psychic emergency hotline. So you get uh, you get a psychic and they help you through whatever it is. And of course, there's no help at all. And the the way they show this. Is by having one of those infomercial, uh, infomercial type shows, where they have a host, uh, uh, and she's uh, she's played by this Jill. <laughs> I wish I could think of her last name. She does a lot of characters on the show, and uh, David Cross plays uh, this um, 
African-American-ish fellow, a soul singer kind of guy. He's just some local artist, uh, musical artist, and he does the um, uh, the making up words. Uh, it's wonderful, something like that. And, uh, and, uh, and then there's another gal that's a semi-regular on the show. She plays a psychic. And so they have a call-in. Caller, you're on the air, and the caller is just, this, it's, it's Bob Odenkirk, and he's just panicked. You know, it's my, my little daughter, she fell in the pool, now she's not breathing. And, you know, the psychic says, slow down, caller. Um, I'm seeing a color, I'm seeing an aquamarine. It's aqua, well, well, she, she is kind of blue. And said, so, I'm getting a, I'm getting a J, a name with a J, a J, and then, and Bob, the, or the distress caller says, J, 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 Jamie, that's my daughter's name. How did you know that? And I think that's so, <laughs> that's so brilliant. You know, just just taking the you know taking it to the psychic's idea that the, she's just cold reading. She's not getting anything. She just threw out a J. A J's not an uncommon name uh, letter for names to begin with. And the caller makes the connection. Uh, if it wasn't a J, she could have switched to a different letter. And you know, a J or an R. I'm seeing um, R. You know, you know, and and the. And that's that's part of cold reading, and that's when you, when a psychic is working uh, their uh, their subject over. That's what they do. They it, they don't actually just come out and say, uh, you know, Jamie is in trouble. It's, they don't say something like that. They say I get a name with a J, but you see, the way this this ske sketch is going, you can see how um, the caller who's concerned about his daughter who isn't breathing but and he starts all of a sudden he's so impressed with the psychic and it's it's funny but uh you can see how that reflects what happens when people go to psychics uh and they they aren't skeptical enough and they don't pay close enough attention they'll they'll the psychic will say something i see a j name and the person will make the connection of jamie and then later their memory will have it will have it seem as though the psychic said the name jamie you know it, it i mean almost instantaneous so how did you know that how did you, she didn't know that and that's what they're demonstrating. That's what they're showing there, and they're doing it very funny. And then it goes a little even more absurd uh, from there. But it's it's great. It's funny, and I think that uh, you know you should check out some Mr. Show stuff. I will link to that particular sketch so you can see it. And I hope you don't find David Cross's performance or his portrayal of the fellow, uh, you know, there. I hope you don't find that against your sensibilities of you know of today. I hope you don't uh, aren't bothered by that. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Dimland Radio, Science Heroes, uh, well, Science Hero, Mr. Show with Bob and David for their uh, for their send up of psychics. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, what I also think is pretty good is I managed to yammer my way to my second break, uh, which I haven't forgotten. That's two weeks in a row. I haven't forgotten the second break. Unless I just start talking about something else, like uh, whatever, you know, if I just start going on to something and then the next thing you know, I forget the break and then, then I, you know, then I would have forgotten it. But I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to stop rambling now. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break, as I, I promise I will. <laughs>
station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. This is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers? Or the beast? Well, holy sh! Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless gas that can be fatal. Don't use anything indoors that burns fuel, such as gasoline-powered generators, camp stoves and lanterns, or charcoal grills. Opening doors and windows or using fans isn't enough. Have your vents and chimneys checked to make sure water heater and gas furnace exhausts aren't blocked. If you feel sick, dizzy, or weak while using a generator, get to fresh air right away. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Well, um, on the Facebook, uh, I uh, I have liked or become members a member of several groups, which you can do that, uh, interest groups. Uh, they have some something in common, like comic book stuff and movie stuff and that kind of thing. And one, one of the movie stuff groups that I've liked or joined or... However, however it's figured, uh, is something called uh, was it incredibly strange movies. Something I think that's what's called, and or incredibly strange films, one or the other. And it's a it's a page where people will post you know, images from incredibly strange movies, posters of them, clips, something like that, and they'll talk about them. Have you seen this one? That kind of thing. You know, I have. Do you have a recommendation for some incredibly strange westerns or something like that? And people will will recommend some to watch and that kind of stuff. I kind of like that. And you find some interesting movies to to uh, check out if you if you're so inclined. And um, one of the members of the group just put this, just posted up uh, 
a, um, a question to the to the group to see what they what they would name. And he said that uh, he says, "Hey, what's uh, what's your all what's your top five all time favorite movies?" And he said, "Here's mine." And I I won't run through the whole list. I, I won't go through any of it. <laughs> but here's mine. And the, the, there was something that struck me about the list, about his list. And uh, I, I I had to comment. Um, and I tried to be gentle. Uh, you know, I tried not to sound come off too harsh. In fact, I said, I said, I hope I, you know, please don't take this too harshly. It's it's, you know, uh, it's it's an observation. Um, I said, uh, did you just start seeing start seeing movies in 2010? Because not one of his movies, the oldest movie on his list was from 2010. Eight years. Have you just seen eight years worth of movies? I mean, it's really hard for me. To come up with a list of five movies that I would call my all-time favorites, it'd be really hard. It's easier if you say, "What are your all-time favorite westerns?" You know, top five of those, or uh, comedies, uh, stuff like. But when you just say all-time movies, so I said, that, you know, did you just start watching movies in 2010? Because there's a lot more to choose from than the ones that were released in the last eight years. Not even eight years. We've just started. 2018 but and and i mean and i also said to him but but look you like what you like you know don't be don't be ashamed or you know very just just there's no there's you know you like what these movies it's fine there's there's nothing wrong with with liking these movies uh there was one that i had to check out i mean i checked each of them out for their years to find out for sure but i thought boy these are all really recent but there was one on the list i'll tell you the name of it a ghost story. A ghost story, or a ghost story. I don't know how you say it. A ghost. I think it's a ghost story. And uh, there was a movie in 1981 or so called Ghost Story. And uh, and and I thought, I wonder if he means that one. And I put in a ghost story movie into the Google search, and it turns out that was released last year, <laughs> 2017. So, I mean, that's that's. I mean, the the one from 2010 was Scott Pilgrim versus the World, or yeah, I think that's what it's called, which I liked. I thought that was good. Um, and there was a couple others, uh, three others on there. But otherwise, that's Scott Pilgrim was the oldest one that he had on the list. So I I don't know if he commented back or not, but I, you know, hopefully I was gentle enough. Just to tease him, just to needle him, it's just like, gee whiz, you know, you've got there, you've got over a hundred years of movies that you can choose from for your top five. Now it is entirely possible that he has seen loads and loads of movies, you know, from the century plus of 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 film, that he has seen loads and loads of them, really great films, important films, foreign films, art films. Uh, popular films, uh, indie films, incredibly strange films. He may have seen just tons and tons of them, and it just is that his top five are the ones that were released in the last eight years. It's ter- that's entirely possible. But I just I don't know. It just it reminded me of the time that uh, I was I was Amy and I were Net- Netflix members for a while, and I was going through you know they were saying like the you know the top 100 rentals. This was back when it was mostly DVD. It was the streaming didn't come in yet. So I was going through it, 
and so it wasn't mostly DVD. It was all DVD. Well, there was some Blu-ray, I suppose, but but no streaming yet. And I was going through the list of the what was the top 100, and they would all be within the last five to ten years. I mean, it's, it's just like well, I suppose that makes sense, you know, because people want to see the new movies that come out. I suppose that makes sense, but uh, and part of what's tarnished Netflix just a little bit with the streaming is because people are so much more interested in the newer movies their catalog for for movies to stream is just not that deep they don't have lots of old classics i don't know why they don't have a category of classics here's that you can stream let's go so that's why you know people wonder why we haven't dropped the dvd part of our netflix subscription is that's because we want to get these older movies. We want to get some of these foreign films. We've got an Ingmar Bergman film sitting right over here called uh, Persona, which we haven't watched yet, which we better watch this weekend and <laughs> get it out of the way. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman films can be pretty bleak. But um, anyway, uh, I would. It, that was the. That's what you know. If Netflix has been dented at all, that's it's because uh, this when the streaming came in, it was it, it's very limited as far as how distant, how far back you can go. But at least they have the uh, the DVDs. So I thought, well, okay, fair is fair. Don't you know? Give this guy a hard time about what his, his favorite movies. What are my top five? Well, this is completely subjective, which is how things are. Uh, when you're talking about art, uh, and films are art, so I, you know, and and I, I put down my top five, and these this will change tomorrow. This will change depending on my mood. It's just and and they are fairly mainstream. These films. This isn't anything. I don't have any uh, Kira Kurosawa films on here, even though uh, Ikiru is a really excellent film. I did recommend it some time ago. It's a really good film, uh, and and Kurosawa does some nice stuff. You know, Seven Samurai and, and Roshiman and all that. These are good, important films. Um, uh, I enjoyed Seven Samurai a little more than Roshiman. Roshiman's pretty heavy, but uh, it's also a very good film to see uh, points of view perspective how you remember things and, and it's really it's really good and for a skeptic you should probably see the movie like that if you haven't seen it it's it's to it, it helps with you under, to understand how memory is different for other people and we 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 picture things different it depends on the narrative of our life uh, how we look at the world it's just, you know so Roshiman's a uh, uh, yeah, Roshiman's a, it's an important film as far as that goes kind of heavy but uh, uh, you know anyway um but if you want to see an uplifting film that feels a good, you know, film uh, from a man do, trying to do something important uh, with what little life he has left in him, he finds he finds out that he has stomach cancer and that he doesn't have long to live. He he determines to do something, uh, one particular thing, and we follow him as he as he as he deals with that. Uh, it's, it's it's really good. Ikiru. Um, Anyway, so my top five, in no particular order except the, the last one I'm going to mention, is my favorite film. And it generally does stay my favorite film no matter what. I got Jaws from 1975, Wizard of Oz from 1939, uh, The Hunt for Red October, 1990, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975, and The Maltese Falcon from 1941. Now, there are other versions of The Maltese Falcon. 
Uh, there's an earlier one from the 1930s, but this is the this is the one with Humphrey Bogart. I really like Humphrey Bogart. Uh, Casablanca could be on this list. Um, yeah, and I like his character of Sam Spade. I, I'm, just quickly, what's what I like about each of these movies? Uh, Jaws is more than just a, a, a monster movie with the shark. It's it's an adventure film. In fact, when you watch Jaws, and you probably have. After the, the there's the attack in the pond where uh, Chief Brody, Roy Scheider, his character, uh, his son, you know the sw- the shark swims right past him and his son, and it's at that point after that that uh, the reluctant mayor decides to okay going after the shark and paying the money and all that. There's a shot that looks out to sea. Right after that scene, the, uh, the 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 big pond attack, there's a scene that looks out to sea, and it's at that point that the movie changes its tone, and it goes from a monster movie, there's a monster attacking these people, to an adventure film, a buddy movie almost, with these three fellows on on a ship going out and having an adventure. It's it's really cool, and and it's done so well. Um, Wizard of Oz, of course, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a musical, which is kind of odd for me to like a musical, but um, you know if you know if you know the movie at all, which I'm sure you do, you know when the guards at the end, the Winkies, I think they're called Winkies, when those guards are doing the oh yo yo um, you know they're doing that chant and they go into the castle. After that, there isn't another song in the movie. There's no big final number. There's no big th- anything like that's the last song in the movie and of course uh wizard of oz has the 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 one of the probably most famous deus ex machina moments you know that that thing that's just there to help solve a problem it's just magically there and that's the bucket of water that dispatches with the witch why would the witch have buckets of water around her castle um the Hunter Red October, I just really like it. It's a young Alec Baldwin, young, uh, thin, leading man, good looks, which leads to one of the one of the moments that I scoff at so much in a movie. And this is a it's almost a trope in movies where one character says to another how bad they look. Yeah, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan shows up in Washington. He goes to see this admiral. What's his name? Admiral, whatever it is. It's played by J- James Earl Jones. Walks in after a long flight from London, and and one of the first things that uh, Jones says to Baldwin is, "Jesus, you look like hell." And I every time I see it, I said, "No, he doesn't. He looks like a young leading man, good-looking Alec Baldwin. He doesn't look like hell. <laughs> he looks great." If that's him looking like hell, what does he look like when he's fantastic looking? I mean, come on. So, but it's I just love the adventure. I love how it works. It's put together so well. It's it's great. And um, then of course there's the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is which is a real strong basis in the kind of humor that I have. Monty Python's Flying Circus, David Letterman, uh, those those two influences on my humor. Uh, Marx Brothers was another influence. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, a little bit of an influence, but you know, the, but and Mash being an influence as well. The TV series Mash, uh, but Monty Python, uh, Holy Grail. It's just it's so brilliant. That's the whole idea of it. It's just so brilliant. And then the Maltese Falcon with uh, Humphrey Bogart. As Sam Spade, 
a detective that's you know super confident, but not you know not in a way that makes you feel like he's smarmy. Uh, he's just a great detective, and he's just just I don't know. There's just something about him and how he handles things. He's glib. Seems like he's got it all under control, but he knows that he's in his over his head sometimes here and there in that movie. And and it's just great. It's just it's just terrific. And it's directed by uh, John Huston. I believe it was his first directorial uh, uh, effort. Uh, uh, Huston also wrote the screenplay. It's just really great. So you should check those movies out. And there's you know you got a hundred plus years I don't know how, you know from the early, the late 1900s 19 or 18 I should be the, the late 1800s uh, 1896 or something like that the you know, movies started to be made uh, I just I watched the uh, the original the Thomas Edison version of Frankenstein uh, I think it's on YouTube but it, I saw it at this uh, free classic movies website and it's only 12 minutes long and it's really it's really weird watching these movies that are 100 years plus years old and just watching them it's just it's it's really cool and you just feel like like everybody in this movie's dead now <laughs> uh, um, all right so check those out uh, I was gonna talk a little bit about singing in the rain I think I'll wait till next week to talk about that I need to spend a little time on that one because I finally did see the entire movie all the way through beginning to finish and beginning to end uh, I, I finally saw it it's a musical and I'm not a big musical guy but I did like it I thought it was good uh, but I do have three cool things um, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a piece of art that a friend of mine did a fellow that I went to art school with he's just a really good artist and he's one of the you know I, I he's one one of the guys I went to art school with that did manage to do a pretty good job, uh, do well in the graphics field, and uh, he said he was doing some sketches and put them up. And there's, there's just, it's really good. I just thought that was kind of cool, and, and hopefully he'll be okay with me put pop posting one of those images up so you can take a look and see just how good he is. He's just a really good artist. It's just really nice to see that somebody that's worked so hard on their craft and got really good at it. I mean, he's really good. Um, uh, there's a documentary out called XTC. This is Pop. It's one of my favorite bands, XTC. It's on Showtime. It's really terrific. Um, I think I mentioned it before. Uh, Might have mentioned it last week or something like that. But if I if I haven't, well, I'm mentioning it now. It's really good. It's almost uh, as much about the band as it is about the, the the leader of that band, Andy Partridge. You don't get much backstory of the other band members. Uh, there isn't any mention at all in there about the strike that XTC went on against their record label. Uh, Virgin was the record record label. They went on strike because they weren't happy with their contract and they weren't getting promoted by the label and they wanted out. And the, if after seven years, the label finally caved and gave them let them out of their contract. Um, and no mention of that and barely any mention of the last two albums that XTC produced in, in 2000 and uh, I think it was 99 and 2000 or 2000 and 2001 or something like that. Uh, and then the number one cool thing that happened this week, uh, and it's you know I mean, it's a little narcissistic I suppose, but uh, my next door neighbor, uh, uh, well when I when I take care of the snow, I I plow out in front of her driveway or in front her driveway if she hasn't done it. I do in front of her house. I, I shovel off her front steps if she hasn't done them. So all she really has to shovel is the the um, the walkway from her back door to the garage, and and I also take care of the alleyway. Uh, which is just an access way to get to her driveway. Uh, nobody else really uses it except for the garbage guys to come through. So she's the only one that uses it. So I'll, I'll plow that out. Uh, it's about a, you know, 
a quarter of a block or less than a quarter of a block long. It's just, but you know, so I have a big snowblower and I take care of it. And I, I eventually did get to it on Tuesday evening, got it cleared out for her. And uh, when I got home from work on Wednesday, I think it was, there was a thank you card with a check in it for some some money. Uh, but the thank you card was uh, was she was thanking me for taking care of the alley and taking care of all the shoveling for her. And I and just one morning this week went over and fed her cat because uh, she was spending night. Uh, the night somewhere so she wanted to make sure her cat get fed got fed so I, we do that for her when she's out of town and so she just she she wrote a thank you card and she said that uh she went out to take care of the alley and she when she stepped out there she said i nearly fell over seeing it was already done happy day uh I, that's i mean i would do this for her even if she didn't pay us any money i just do it because i i just would and so i hope that you've had at least three cool things happen to you this week. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another Dimland Radio. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember to be skeptical and uh, extraordinary claims require, require extraordinary evidence. And when you can offer miracles, why offer anything else? Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. See you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to dr dim at dimland.com that's d-r-d-i-m at dimland.com and the opening theme song ram is by the Yolius and is used with permission Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning, tuning us in. in. What? 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 Well, well I'm going well, to hell. hell.